0: This podcast is sponsored by Allergan. Welcome. You're listening to WO Voices, a podcast series from Women in Optometry magazine. I'm Marjolyn Bailefeld, editor of Women in Optometry. We're delighted you could join us. Welcome. We're here in the next series of the Empowered OD. Today's guest is Selena McGee, OD, FAAO. Dr. McGee has a practice in Edmond, Oklahoma, and today we're talking about how to Make Every Word Count. Welcome, Dr. McGee. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're always excited to talk with you. Um, and we know how important communications are in a, in a practice and, and really as an element of, of leadership. How did you come about to, to sort of realize how, how to be intentional in your communications with people?
1: Sure. So, you know, I learned initially how to not do things (laughs) and I wanted to, you know, shortcut and look at, okay, what am I really trying to say? You know, and it it always starts early on, it started with patients and, you know, what do I want to convey to the patient? How do I show them that I care? What do they need to leave the exam room with? so that they're empowered themselves to take better care of themselves and, you know, through the education process. So that's how it started. Mm-hmm. And then once I got into practice and quickly realized that none of my, you know, goals and aspirations and dreams for my practice were going to happen unless I learned how to communicate with my team as mm-hmm. well. And, you know, interesting when you you look at survey, you know, anyone that works in in the industry anywhere. And typically the top two things that people always have an issue with are one is always communication. Mm. And so, you know, we work at this, but ultimately, this is something that we consistently have to work on. And we have to do it in a way that makes sense from a time standpoint. So that's why I got so intentional about every conversation instead of letting things just happen to me, you know, I took a step back and said, okay, I want to make a decision and I want to be intentional about these conversations so that the outcome on the other side, while may not be predictable, but certainly has a better chance of success when we're intentional about those kinds of conversations.
0: That's so interesting because y- you you must come to a point fairly early I would think in in a patient encounter where you start to say, "Okay, these are the things that we need to talk about or these are the things that we need to talk about." And y- you're right, you can't just let it flow because that could potentially take way too long and be confusing. Correct. Yes. Yes. I mean, and, you know, when we're in school, I mean, you know, we have
1: two hours to do an exam mm-hmm. and then you start in practice and, you know, the average exam and counter time is, you know, seven to 10 mm-hmm. minutes. Right. So, you know, you have to be intentional really quickly on what you're conveying and what you want your patient to leave with. And that never stops. That's an ever evolving process. Communication is not something that you you know, achieve and say, oh, I'm a good communicator. No, it's a process and it's a lifelong process.
0: Do you have tricks? I mean, do you use a a check sheet for different conditions or diagnoses or or something like that?
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So the way that a couple of things first. So because I do have like a it's a plan sheet, but I also look at how the patient wants to be communicated Mm -hmm. with, I think that's a really important piece. So, you know, when we're in school and when we're trained as a physician, we are already trained to look at body language and to look at how patients are sitting and, you know, do they have a head tilt? Are they, you know, walking with a a strange gait? Like there's different things that we're trained on. And so this to me, like, fits right with that i want to know how the patient communicates with me and honestly the easiest way to do that is during the refraction because you can start to really understand how people answer those questions of is this clear one or two to know what type of personality style that they have you know are they someone that just wants clear concise answers right then and no fluff or are they timid and they're scared to death they're going to make a mistake and their glasses prescription is going to be ruined for the whole next year. (laughs) So there's a lot that our patients tell us on how they want to be communicated with. So that's the first step is understanding that. And then I can style my interaction with them based on what they want to, um, the way they want to be communicated with. And so there are certain patients that I don't get into a lot of details, quite frankly, because they don't want it. They want in and out and they're gone. And then others ask a lot of questions. And so the first step is understanding that. And then I certainly use a plan checklist, so to speak. And I actually work with a dialogue coach. So that's another piece to this. Don't feel like you need to do this in a vacuum. Um, I ask for help. And so I work with a dialogue coach so that I am able to convey what I want to say and really get to the why of the conversations. I think we we talk a lot at patients on what to do and um, we're looking at this picture and we're looking at your retina and et cetera. But if we don't get to the why of what we're doing, then it's going to fall flat. And so I do have a a plan checklist so I don't forget things. And it's customized, right, to each patient. And there's a lot going on in that room. So don't be afraid to use those kinds of tools. And, you know, we role play a lot with each other in in our exam room, you know, too, with just myself and my team on how we want that to go. And then the third piece I would encourage is having a scribe because they can be your second set of ears and eyes so Mm. to speak so if there are pieces that I can't expand on or I get caught up in talking about you know one thing that they came in for something else and I haven't circled back to that yet the scribe can you know drive that conversation and help me with that or maybe it's just more you know education then the scribe can take over and do that piece further so there's Multiple ways there to to do and <clears throat> communicate better.
0: so I, I got to circle back to the dialogue coach. what how How did that come about? So
1: I was um, frustrated with my handoff, and not from the sense that my team was doing a fantastic job. It ultimately was me. Hmm. So I wanted help with transitioning the patient from the exam room to the the optical and making that seamless. And then I also, I just wanted to communicate better. Like I wanted to make sure I was connecting with patients. And so I brought in a dialogue coach to help us with that, you know, and, and we learn everything in scientific, you know, jargon, and we do it so often that we forget what patients don't know. And so he's been super helpful in that sense of okay, here's, here's one way, let's listen to that. And then, you know, here's some words that you might want to think about, instead of saying, you know, for example, you know, UV exposure, talk about eliminating sun damage. So just simple word changes like that are very powerful, don't take extra time, but make a lot of sense to the why I want a patient to have you know prescription sunglasses to eliminate sun damage because i don't want to find skin cancer on their eyelids 5 years from now wow so yeah. those kinds of pieces are are huge right we we know so much and you know when you have patients that don't understand that we can identify 267 systemic diseases <laughs> through a comprehensive eye exam this becomes very important very quickly
0: so what uh, you know how how do you Empower yourself. N- not only this, but how? Obviously, you want to build a presbyopia um, practice for the future because that's going to be a, a growth area for you. But how how do you make that so in your communications with patients and and others?
1: Sure. So you know, the first step is awareness. So what are we saying to patients right now? And so I, I took a step back and listened to myself. And when patients would bring it up, they would, you know, I would say, well, you know, your lens is not, is not focusing. It's a birthday thing. And this happens to everybody, but I never actually used the word presbyopia, which was a mistake, number one. Mm-hmm. And so now I know better. And so I say specifically, you know, you have presbyopia, here's what it is. And we walk through that, you know, and there's a huge psychological piece to this because, you know, this is the first time that a lot of patients realize that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting older. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was 25, and I would talk to patients about this, it was like, hey, what's the big deal? You know, sure. now that I'm, I'm presbyopic myself, and it literally happened to me overnight, you know, I'm certainly more empathetic with my patients. But, <laughs> Now I talk about it in a way that that says the word specifically. Mm So, you know, as things change in the marketplace and, you know, as presbyopia becomes, you know, more of something that we focus on because we're going to have more, more things in our arsenal to help our patients, then we have to be more specific about it, you know, and this is one that can derail a, a conversation super fast and you can wind up in the exam room for 15 or 20 minutes or plus. Right because there are a lot of options, but frankly, patients don't always want to hear them because they're not, they're not ready yet. And so you have to have these conversations, you know, I find it best if we start at like 37, 38, and we set expectations, you know, and if they're 40 when it happens, or if they're 45, or if they're 47, you know, they're not surprised. And so for me, I never want a patient to be surprised or shocked about anything that's happening to them or anything that, that we don't want to talk about. And so that helps too, because it helps with the psychological piece of all of a sudden now I need, you know, reading glasses like my grandmother does. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's why I, that's a, a really good one to be specific about because presbyopia is not a word that most people are familiar with.
0: Right. So it's interesting. You want to avoid a word p- potentially like UV damage, and yet you want to bring in uh, a, a, a more clinical word like like presbyopia. Um, Correct. Because,
1: you know, if you look at, when you look at like the way, and I've looked at some data on how patients feel about this, and then also what these conversations, you know, patients come in and talk to us about, they're leaving frustrated and they're leaving without all of the information that they need. And they're asking they're asking these questions to us, but we're not giving them all of the answers that they need. And so when I start to see those kinds of gaps, mm-hmm. then we take a step back and go, okay, what can we do
0: better? Interesting. So there's there's a lot going on in in Presbyopia now. And that makes it pretty exciting. I'm sure for you, you know, as a as a practitioner, do you do you get a chance to sort of share that? Absolutely.
1: So you know, when we talk about this, we talk about multiple things, and I always want to know how I can help the patient best because you know, everybody's different. Everybody has different lifestyle needs. So we talk about that first. I need them to tell me, you know, how they go through their typical day, walk me through that and how they use their vision. What kind of hobbies do they have? How many screens and for how long are they staring at? Do they play competitive sports? Mm -hmm. There's lots of different things that I need in that dialogue to be able to help them make the best decision for themselves. Right. you know, when you look at emetropic presbyopes, that's where I think the biggest opportunity is because typically those people aren't coming in to see us for their, you know, comprehensive eye exam because, you know, in their minds, and I'll put it in air quotes, I see fine, my Mm -hmm. eyes are fine. Mm -hmm. And we all know that, you know, vision is a very small part of a comprehensive eye exam. And so there's just a lot of opportunity to, start to have these kinds of conversations with patients and so the the biggest piece that i'm excited about i love that i'll be able to help more people but that's just the tip of the iceberg think about those are the relationships you can now build with patients in their you know 40s to 50s who you know may have glaucoma really early or they may be at risk for macular degeneration or skin cancer they may have kids that have myopia and they, you know, or they've never had an exam. They may have amblyopia because, you know, oh, well, my my kids be fine too. And so the opportunity there of, you know, around, I think the stat that I looked at was 31 million plus people in the United States are not there. They fall in that emetrophic presbyopia category. So that, to me, is really exciting because there's going to be more opportunity to, you know, showcase, if you will, how important it is for them to have a relationship with an eye care provider.
0: That's interesting. Right. Right. And begin to understand um, what what's involved in, in everything that you yeah. do. Yeah,
1: Exactly. And it, it's not just presbyopia. There's just, there's so much more here.
0: Right. So when you at what point in your in your conversation with patients, do you do you kind of set the expectations for what happens during this visit and and kind of the the impact on on ocular health?
1: Sure. So we talk about it from the beginning and we talk about it all the way through. So with every single patient, you know, we set the stage of I'm going to walk through your medical history, we're going to cover that. And then we're going to look at your family history. So we uncover any risk factors. And then we're going to circle around and we'll talk about how I can help you see better in your everyday life. And the last thing that we're going to do is, is look at the inside of your eye and all of these digital images. So that we make sure that, you know, not only do you see well today, but you see well for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And then as we go through the exam, I tell them exactly what we're doing. You know, when I'm at the foot lamp, the first thing I look at is skin around the eyelids. And I say, you know, I'm looking for lumps or bumps because this is a really common place for skin cancer to show up. And they're shocked. They're like, what? And so we have a conversation about that. Wow. By the way, have you, do you put sunscreen up to your eyelids? And they're like, well, no, I don't want it to burn. Exactly. You know, tell me about your sunglasses. And and sometimes they have great sunglasses, but a lot of the time they don't. And so we tell them all the way through why we're doing things. You know, we take these digital images. We look at your macula. I look at this OCT because the number one reason people go blind in the United States is from macular degeneration. And I don't want that for you. So here's what you and I are going to do about it. We're going to have a plan. And next year, we're going to look at these again. We're going to compare you to you. And we want that to continue for the rest of your life. So it's just really important that we never take for granted that the patient understands what we're doing. And even on patients that we've seen for five or six or seven, 10 years, it never, it always cracks me up because they, if we're doing indirect, they're like, gosh, I don't think you've ever used that before. (laughs) It's like, it's like the bright lights, like make them have like some sort of amnesia, but it's just a, a, a reminder that we have to tell our patients what we're doing and why mm-hmm. so that they understand that and are empowered, you know, and there's, they creates value there of what they're doing there and why they should come every year. It's just super, super important.
0: Right. Right. And, and I can tell that you are, um, that your, your practice has, has really paid off here. Just even how you described to me, what this encounter sounds like, it must be very compelling to patients to to sort of understand the context of everything that you're talking about.
1: I think that it's always a work in progress, but it is very satisfying when you, you push your chair back and you say, you know, is there anything else that we wanted to accomplish today that was, you know, a lot of information while you're here, do you have any questions for me? And they're like, no, this is the most thorough exam. I had no idea. I learned this, this, and this. And thank you. You know that that to me is is certainly a reason to get out of bed every morning. And mm-hmm. you know, on top of on top of others. I mean, you know, there's the whole team piece and and helping empower them and educating them and your communications with that. So there's just so many good pieces here and your career will never get stagnant if you approach each and every encounter like that. You know, it's, it's too easy to slip into, to muscle, you know, muscle memory right. and, right. you know, do things just because it's always been done that way, but well right. you got to shake yourself up.
0: And you know, that segues perfectly into, into my last question, which is what would you at this point in your life and career tell the new graduate you. <laughs> what, what do you wish that you had known earlier that you've uh, learned along the way?
1: So certainly, you know, we've been talking about communication. That's a, a massive one that you need to constantly work on and seek out how to improve upon. But mm-hmm. another one that I wish I could tell myself 25 years ago is know your worth. And I don't mean that in the sense of, you know, how much money you make or that kind of worth. I mean, know your worth of, you know, what you value, what your time is worth, what you're worth to your patients for them to see well for the rest of their life, because it affects every single piece that you do. If you want to be in leadership, you know, you have to know what you bring to the table and play to those strengths if you know as far as especially now work-life balance and I don't like that word balance Mm -hmm. but you have to know your worth so that you know what you can say yes to and what you need to say no to Mm -hmm. you know and we've talked about empowering our team there's only 168 hours in a week you cannot do this all by yourself so you need to know what you need to focus on the things only you can do and you need to delegate the rest. So knowing your worth, that is something that I wish I had focused in on and had more confidence in 20 years ago.
0: Fascinating. And that's uh, something that that is important to learn. And and ultimately, even though I know you're not saying it in terms of uh, negotiation and pay it's it's also value has a monetary element to it too absolutely yeah. i mean
1: and it's no big you know surprise unfortunately that the you know the gender gender gap still exists i think the last statistic i looked at was you know there was still 13% difference between men and women and you know so those pieces you can't have good negotiation skills if you yourself don't believe what you're worth.
0: Right. Right. So that's, that's fascinating. And it's such an important aspect in the empowered OD, somebody who communicates well and communicates clearly. And, and I love that you said that this is an, an ongoing uh, continuous improvement sort of project. Always a work in progress. <laughs> Dr. McGee, thank you so much for your time.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: It's been a pleasure talking with you. This podcast has been sponsored by Allergan. Thank you for listening. I hope you join us again next time on WO Voices. If you'd like to be part of our podcast series, please contact us. You can email us at WO at gmail.com or via our website, womeninoptometry.com, on Facebook at WO Magazine. Or through Twitter or Instagram at Women ODS. See you next time.